<laughs> Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, Rumble's on. Pina Colada, large one. Yes, coming in hot with episode 19 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. Man down, man down, man down. Boys, we come to this week with uh, with one less, but it feels kind of good, actually. Yeah, we went and had a uh, kick of the ball uh, on Sunday, actually, in the sun. I think Job's pulled up a bit sore from that. Um, could be to do with the strapping job I did on his ankle, too. I wrapped it a bit tight. So uh, I, I think that's causing an think issue. It's, I think it's that fair skin of his. He was out in the sun for far too Some, long. He's, sunburn. Could be sunburn. Could be windburn. Could be one of the hamstrings. Could be either of the ankles. Could be both. And there is some knee pain as well. It's getting around. So yeah, uh, yeah. Door doesn't help him either. <laughs> either of those. Um, no, Halsey, how are you, mate? You good? Good weekend? Yeah. No, good. Didn't didn't get sunburnt on Sunday. Luckily, so that's I'm good. I'm here, raring to go. Congrats. And Barney, I suppose your weekend was slightly better than it usually is. Spurs getting up. Yeah, yeah. It was um it was a nice way to, to sort of finish the weekend and start the week off. So yeah, buzzing about that result. All right. Well, we have uh weekly happenings. We've got uh, the review and um we got a bit of a fantasy update, some big fixtures coming through and um and obviously the Premier League's really starting to take shape, so full show. Um but let's go to weekly happenings first, Barn. Alrighty, and we head to Watford first, where after their disappointing loss on the weekend to Leeds, their their manager, Zisco Munez, has been sacked. So he's won the sack race for the Premier League, first manager to be sacked in the APL. Um, and this is a you know pretty normal for Watford for what, what they've they've had in the past. So um yeah, stay with me here because this is a long one. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Watford have changed their manager in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, they did it three times. 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, three times. 2020 twice and 2021. Um, they still got uh, promoted. And relegated and promoted again in that time. That's impressive. Uh, and so they've had a shitload of managers in there and some of them doing it twice as well. Sanchez Flores did it twice. Mullins did it twice. Um, and that's only over a span of 427 games. So, would we say that it almost could have been argued that this sacking was planned, almost, regardless of where they are on the ladder, maybe? It's just their style? That's their style, well, yeah. I, I yeah. If you have money on the sack race um, and you've obviously lost it because um, if, you, if you didn't, weren't on him, but... Um, yeah, I just think it feels like you need your money back because that is Watford style and they're really not going that bad, are they? Like they're 15th, 15th yeah. seven points from seven games. Um, they have lost four, um, which is, is more so than the than the teams around them. But realistically, they're, they're one win off, off Arsenal who, who are um, 10 points or um, one win off Villa. So, yeah, they're really not that far away. So, I thought a little bit harsh, but probably fits their style. I think it's like fairly par for the course for them this season so far. Like, yeah, we no one expected them to be, say, up where Brentford are. And some probably expected them to be in the relegation zone. But they're sort of above that now. Got a couple of wins under the belt, especially like a good win first game of the season against Aston Villa. Um, you know, they're, they're traveling all right. They're not playing like terrible football. Their defending can be calamitous at times, but like their football is all right. Like I, I, it was a bit weird to see them. Like uh, I think when Jobber shared this to us when it first came out, it was very, very weird to see it happen. There's, I um, think. Th- sorry, Hulls, there's Sean. four teams with um, without a win this season. Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley, Southampton, all no wins. So I think people like uh, Daniel Farker and uh, Stevie Bruce would be just counting their lucky stars when they weren't first to go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, my new prediction for Watford then, I guess, judging by this new pattern of behavior would be, I think they'll stay around 15th and they'll probably have a new manager by March. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know who's favorite to take over? Claudio, isn't it's, it? Uh, yeah, Shawno's mate. Yeah. Claudio oh. Ranieri. Ranier. Oh, they're going to win the league then. It's favorite and, to yeah, replace well, him. Well, Leicester were in a similar position when he took over. So, yeah, it could very well, um, yeah, very very well be Watford's time. 
And uh, if he takes over, this will be his 20th different club he's managed over his career, which started back in 86, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> Managing you, you wa- career in 86. Oh. Yeah. You wonder if that's impressive or like a red like flag. Really unimpressive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which one is it? Like that he's had the, he's been given the opportunity 20 times or that none of those really worked out. Hence, <laughs> he's about to be <laughs> he's never, to a new yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah, realistically, uh, if they work out, you do you have a run there. Like what what we redefine these days is a, a good appointment that worked out five years. Yeah, five years is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. right. And so like five successful that, years too. Yeah, yeah. Anything under that, and, and success relevant to the club too. I think it's important to say. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's interesting too. Like to. I don't want to get it like too off topic, I guess, but to think about like, yeah, the modern game with a coach that goes on a run, say, look at, say, Pep or, or Klopp at the moment, say, been there like for, I don't know, four or five years, at least for both of them and have done well in that time. Do you think like, there's, why would either of them like leave? There's no reason to. Yeah. And, but you kind of get the sense that in a year or two, one or both of those managers will probably move on to whatever their class is moving on. And, and it's just the way it is. I think it's probably more likely going to be Pep, though, isn't it? Like, I know this isn't in the weekly happenings barn, but I did see this week that um, Klopp is the favourite to um, take over from Ronald Koeman at Barcelona. But <sighs> at the moment, you just have to be fucking crazy to leave Liverpool and go to Barcelona. Like, you just like, I, like if you went back maybe five years, you'd go, "Yeah, that's a logical step." Probably yeah. you'd take that step over, like you know, a massive club over to like you know, essentially. A absolute behemoth, but um, yeah, these days just no way you'd make that. Well, where would just humor me here? Where where would Pep go? Where's an easier club to manage than Man City? Who's richer than Man City? He's got PSG. nowhere else to go to. They're not richer. Yeah. But that's the only other club I could see him. True, PSG. but they got to be. You need a. I, I rip on Pep a bit, but PSG need to have a run of winning the league a couple of years in a row before Pep takes over. <laughs> Naturally, that's his style. Yeah, we'll see. Jeez, you're ripping on you, mate. What's he ever done to you? (laughs) I'll get into it off top, off air. So, uh, lastly, we want to talk about Khabib. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name. Nemegamedov, the UFC guy. Nemegamedov, there you go. Sean has a bit of a UFC (laughs) buff, so he knows knows what's going on. But uh, Khabib was at the United game on the weekend versus Everton, uh, and he had a nice meeting with Sir Alex. Um, and there was, a, there was a very interesting quote that came out of this. And uh, so they asked him, you know, how is it meeting Sir Alex? And he said, he asked me if I wanted a glass of wine. I'm thinking, how do I explain to him that I'm Muslim? So I just said, drinking is not good for me because if I do, then I'll smash all of you guys up. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sir Alex just replied, okay, best if you don't drink. I'm kind of worried that how close-minded he thinks Sir Alex is that he can't even just say to him, I'm Muslim, I don't drink. And he has to say, I'm going to smash everyone up if I take a sip <laughs> yeah, of wine. That's but, the fighter in him. <laughs> but as if um, as if Sir Alex Ferguson hasn't managed anyone who doesn't drink before or a Muslim, like I'm sure he's not. He's seen that, like just presumes he's an old white guy. He doesn't, hasn't come across this, um, this <laughs> yeah. religion called um, yeah, being doesn't, Muslim. Not, not well-traveled. But just one story on drinking about Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, in uh, David Beckham's book, he talks about um, one time he was over in America. He'd retired from football and he was in an event and um, and he was drinking wine at the table and then he put his wine glass down and saw the boss. He went over um, to, to talk to him. But before he did, he moved his wine glass over to um, his missus, uh, Posh, moved it over to her side and then went and spoke to Sir Alex and then you know, said hi to him, whatever, came back. And she's like, what do you, what'd you do that for? And he's like, I just don't want to drink in front of the boss. And so that was like years of obviously he'd been retired for years at that point, and Sir Alex Ferguson hadn't been his manager for like the second half of his career really. But just goes to show the respect he has for him, and that he didn't want to actually drink in front of him, even like though um, Sir Alex Ferguson's a notable um, notable wine drinker, and he's famous for <laughs> inviting the the other opposition manager over. But yeah. um, the other thing I want to talk about to you on this before we move on is that did you see the photo that was um, posted about this right? So there's a there's a picture of all these people, um, Khabib. Um, so I'll name them, and then you tell me who doesn't really fit and doesn't have potentially the greatness um, of of, of <laughs> to match theory. everyone else in the so, photo. Yeah. Don't, yeah. So, don't tell me Tim Sherwood's in the photo. So I like Khabib, Nurmagomedov's in there, thirty and zero or twenty nine and zero in the UFC. Um, Usain Bolt, bunch of gold medals. Oh, yeah. bunch Did of see him in the stands. Records. Yeah. Um, Sir Alex Ferguson, 
was there, potentially the greatest manager of all time. Yeah. And of course, Jobs man, Patrice Evra. <laughs> all inside the photo. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know how he snuck in there. There's a lot of greatness there and Patrice Evra. So, Is it on his Instagram? I, I'm not sure. What, what, I can't remember where I saw it. I was just flicking through and there. Those guys were in there. I, I, oh. I, did, I did do our scheduled uh, Patrice Evra Instagram check just before the pod and I saw him. It was the p- first picture was him and Khabib. So I was like, oh, he's lurking around oh, just yeah. seeing, what he, seeing what good content he can get out of this situation. Yeah, he's uh, got he's a. a I, I didn't see. I don't know if I remember the photo, um, but he would want to position himself fairly central in that photo as to not get easily cropped out of it when they realise how low tier he is compared <laughs> exactly, to everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> Very much a tier two celebrity in that group, anyway. <laughs> Real uh, arm around the net kind of situation. All right, let's get straight into these games. So first one we had was Man United one, Everton one, and all I've got to say, this is what a boring game. Early yeah. game, everyone's super keen, like two big clubs going up against each other, you know, both actually equal on the table as well. And God, it was boring. A bit cagey, wasn't it? And to be fair, United were probably the more uh, aggressive of the two early on, oh, probably for most of the game, to be honest. But they just weren't taking those chances that they sort of had. And uh, there was always that sense that after the halftime or later in the game, that Everton would have their moment. Or moments and and be able to sneak one if Manchester United didn't didn't get a, go- a goal or two. Oh, I wonder if I know it's probably easier to say now, but if Oli got his team wrong, not necessarily the formation because yeah. he played the same yeah, formation he always has. He never does. Yeah. Say, so when you like, looked at that starting eleven, you'd say yeah, yeah. Like, but I know it's obviously easier to say it now. But even at the time, I was like, man, I'm not so sure about this. And he's doing that thing that Sir Alex used to do, where he used to like you know G plays up for certain games and say, oh, you're my man for this game, and you'll definitely play a lot of rotation and stuff like that. I wonder if he he's at the point where he can't really trust some of these players that he picks, and he's better off just going with his best eleven who's fit and available at that point in time rather than making all of these changes. One one thing I took from this game is that like uh, Mason Greenwood must be one of the first names on the team sheet like every week because, I mean, he was a sort of a bit of a shining light in that team on the weekend and he just every week he, you know what you're going to get out of him. Like Anthony Marshall, yeah, he scored a goal, but other than that he offered nothing oh, and he's so yeah. hit and miss and oh, so yeah. he's, he's like just the way he plays the game is just – just like we were, saying, we were discussing when we were watching it, like he doesn't he doesn't bring his teammates in, it doesn't like elevate his teammates around him. It's just like all about him, and then it's and and yeah, it doesn't doesn't make his team better. No. And if he's having an off day, then he's just useless. And he, so it's just frustrating watching him. Oh man, he's so frustrating. And like he he doesn't really, even though he scored his goal, I just hope that people like realize and watch the rest of the his uh, what fifty six minutes that he played. So he played fifty-seven minutes and was had one finish inside the his time, um, which was a, a good run, really. But he's, um, Bruno slipped him in with a, a lovely ball. But was set up the, by Greenwood oh, and yeah. Bruno, right? Like yeah, well, they yeah. did all the really hard work, and he finished There's, well. But still, like there was there was one instance where I think um, I think it was Ben Goffrey. He had it in the um, corner, and um, Martial was sort of near him and was like you know jogged over to him and showed him down the line. So. Um, Gold Creek didn't really have much other than to whip it down the line. And in that same piece of play, Bruno ran past, um, ran from where he was, which is deeper than um, than uh, Martial, ran past him and pressed Ben Godfrey to then whip it. Ben Godfrey whipped it down the line and then um, Bruno ran p- back past him again. And so he's just like essentially just walking around the, the field. Oh, yeah. It's just so... Yeah, I wonder if Oli's just had it with um, some of those players. And as I said, he should just pick his... Um, best 11 straight from the start but that were just so underwhelming Manchester United again yeah yeah I'm not going to disagree with you there Martial I'd like not to rail on him too much more though but he he does remind me of like that like a kid who's like 16 17 winger and like all he, he's still at that age where all he wants to do is just beat players one-on-one and like try and score goals and if he's not if that's not happening for him he's like well this whole game's like ruined it's like pointless and gets all in a bit of a strop a bit yeah. and just sort of like loses his head and um, I think yeah, just maturity. I think is is a big one with him. I think just that in that game sense, just has no sense of the team or, or any work ethic. So um, and he doesn't, but he doesn't have that raw talent to back it up either. Either yeah, what, I think it what, was like when he when he f- like first 
like blew up on the scene. I think like he never he never had that like really strong work rate as someone just going doing doggies up and down the line while also you know being attacking threat. Um, and he had like a lot of flair, and I think he had a bit more pace than he has now. And he was like he could beat people, and he was flashy, and it was exciting. And like you sort of sort of overshone his lack of work rate. Yeah. But now that he's out the team, not playing every week, and he's doing these things that just aren't good for the team, it's just like it's just really highlighting the flaws in his game. And he hasn't tried to work on or seen doesn't seem like he's tried to work on or change that. Like the least you can do, you know, at, at any level of soccer is like if a football is just like if you can't if you can't like, you know, influence the game with your skill, like at least work hard for your position and just work yeah. your socks off. And even if you can only last 50 minutes, just work your socks off for that 50 minutes. And he just, he just doesn't do that. Oh, yeah. and it'd, it'd be really frustrating as a United fan to watch that. I I think the, the thing that shows that he didn't um, do a lot other than score was that um, he got subbed at 57 minutes, um, after he, which is after he scored, obviously. Um, and that was in a game where United need to go on and get a second. So if he's got your goal yeah. and you're still like, mm, yeah, he's the guy to give the, to give the hook to first and take him off all before the hour mark, that's just an indication of, of what he did outside of uh, of his goal. But what do you make of – let's talk about the Everton goal. What did you make yeah. of of that? So little um, – me and you had a corner break down the other end. Damari Gray showed some strength. Um, and there's a lot being made at Fred, a lot of heat. Being um, shown at Fred because he oh, just yeah, got shrugged off initially. by Tamara Gray, yeah. um, and then he slipped in Townsend and nice finish. But it, a lot, yeah, as I said, a lot of heat being thrown at Fred. But I want to talk about some of the other efforts around Fred. Like Fred's was the one that oh, got yeah. shrugged off. But have a if any anyone, I encourage anyone to go back and watch it and have a look at Wamba Sucker's efforts and have a look at Luke Shaw's decision Luke making Shaw. in that. Yeah, he's yeah. come Luke Shaw's. He's come from the left. Sprinted over, just dangled a leg out at uh, who was it? It would have been Decore. Decore, yeah. yeah. Decoray, yeah. And the weakest efforts I've ever it was seen. Like, like I'm coming through and I'm not stopping until I hit the other sideline. So if I get a tackle, that's good. If oh, I don't, yeah, we're screwed. Yeah, just it's no like composure about his tackling. And then um, one Basaka, like he gets he gets ran past initially, um, and then like thinks, oh yeah, I better sprint back. Sprints back, and then stops and thinks, yeah, I'm goal side now. Like jogs for a little bit. And then um, after the ball gets slipped over to um, Townsend, he sprints to the again. only threat. Yeah, yeah, he sprints again, but it's too late. And I'm like, yeah. man, if you just had to like grit your teeth and got back there all the way, you would have been fine. So a lot's making a Fred, but yeah, I think a lot of other weak efforts. What do you guys think? I know I couldn't agree more. Yeah, first off, there the Fred, the Fred thing wasn't great. Like because you got a sense in that moment when that ball spilled out there. I, my heart rate, you know, got up a little bit. It's like, this is a chance. Demario Gray's got pace. And I saw them running to the ball. I'm like, ah, he's going to get bumped off it. They go on shoulder to shoulder, that last second. And then uh, Gray stays on his feet and keeps the ball. I'm like, oh, that's that's not going to be good. Yeah. Slots Fred, it in. Fred just got to clean him out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Because he wasn't on a card either, I don't believe. So you just, you take that because look what happened. That's why you do those fouls in those those moments. So um, bit bit of a naive effort from Fred as a DM, I think. It's a little yeah, bit embarrassing. Great. But and- and um, then, and then late on, what do you think of um, Tom Davis when uh, he squared that up to Yuri mm, Mina? Right, we all or, knew it was offside immediately, oh, straight away. Right, that's offside. At no point yeah. did I think it wasn't offside, and I'm like, he should have fucking shot. I can't believe yeah. he didn't shoot. To be fair, yeah. it was a lot closer. Like it wasn't as offside as I thought it was because he was yeah. just ahead of the ball. But like you're like Yuri Mina is he's a cooked like cooked in the head, obviously just naturally, <laughs> but he's a centre back. And he's in this. He's like at that area of the field. Of course, he's going to be offside. And then he did the celebration. Oh, he had to have known he's offside. He's got this dark. Yeah, oh. there's something not quite right with with Yerry Mina. I but know. like just to just to lastly touch on that, the second goal for Everton. Yeah, I I agree with you that like Fred didn't do great in that situation, and he was a bit weak for like the position he plays. But like, there's they're still at the halfway line, and there's still three United players behind that as well yeah. so it's like it's like you've there's a lot more had to go wrong for that to go in and townsend finished that so well oh yeah super impressive but yeah I, I love that townsend peeled off to the corner did a, <laughs> did a shit ronaldo celebration and then asked him for his shirt after the game and ronaldo oh, refused well there was a bit of mix-up whether they didn't know whether that was a bit of disrespect and he come on after and said nah that's a I've, I've spent hours on the trading ground trying to take free kicks like him trying to emulate him he's an idol i wanted to be on the pitch with him so yeah, I think it got sort of lost in translation. Yeah, but, but Townsend also said, he said, I grew up watching him and I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're around the same age. So yeah, basically. Townsend's really 30, check out either. 
He's yeah. he's at least over, he's above thirty. Um, or Ron right. is thirty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, disappointing result for United. Pro- a good point for Everton to get it at Old Trafford. Um, and these two are still locked at fourteen points each, I believe, on the ladder. Um, so yeah, like a lost lost chance for United, um, and still very unconvincing for me this season. Righty, next game was uh, Chelsea three, Southampton one. Uh, a bit of a new look Chelsea out there. They had four changes to the team. Some big cha- uh, big players were out, a couple injuries. I think Chile was back in after Alonso's got injured. Uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek was starting, so they're really it's going nice down, the, like down, down yep. the depths to uh, get get him in. Um, but it was really warm my cockles when I saw the uh, same old Werner when he had another disallowed goal in this game again. <laughs> so, so you, so you, yeah, you guys seen the stat on that? Yes. Yeah, go hits hitters with the stat holes. What, what is I, it? Was it sixteen or twenty yeah, six? Sixteen. Sixteen. This loud goal he's had since he's come to the Premier League. Surprised oh. it's not more. And they're all for offside, aren't they? Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, that one was that one today wasn't for offside. That was for Azpilicueta foul. Yeah, but Beforehand. most most have been. Yeah. Oh, 15 of the sixteen are for offside. Yeah, oh, yeah. So uh, that's what I want to know. Like, there's a lot of things going around at the moment saying, "Oh, he's the most unlucky player in um, in Premier League um, ever since VAR's come in." I was like, "Is he though, or is, can he just not not like time his run?" Yeah. Like, uh, do you know what I mean? At what point is it his fault? Like, it's happened so much that at this point, yeah, it's, it can't I be was... luck. It's, it's got to be have an aspect of him in it. When Adebayor used to get five offsides a game, I never blamed his luck. I always yeah, blamed his right, shit yeah. positioning. It's all the yeah. wife's so, fault. Yeah, I, can't, I, I don't think you can be like, yeah, if, if it's like once every now and then on a big goal, you're like, yeah, okay, it's it's luck. But if if it's every single week, he's like, you can't have 16 disallowed goals and it'd be luck. No, yeah, you need to sort that out in the training ground. But exactly. uh, Tommy Took shuffled the the pack with all those changes, and I think this is probably a good game to do it. And it looks like it, it worked well. So this is an example of it working well, as opposed to Ollie's, where he shuffled the pack to think he could, he could get it done, and <laughs> he didn't get it done. Enough. Oh, I did feel for a little bit for um, Ben Chilwell, so finally gets his chance, and then just makes a horrendous decision <laughs> to go down <laughs> the tackle <laughs> to give away the pen for James Ward Prowse. Yeah, you can always you can always tell when. Um, they know it's a foul because they never argue. Yeah, no He looked at the ref yeah. and he saw him give a penalty. He's just like, he just looked God. so disappointed in yeah. himself that he made that decision. Um, but like, well drawn Good out pen. by Livramento. Good pen. Too. Oh, Great pen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great checkers. Yeah. Was it you, uh, Josh, who mentioned you loved it because it hit the the pole at the back and bounced straight, back, straight out? back out? Yeah, that yeah. was real satisfying. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't very it would satisfying. Be, but it was, then. yeah. But I mean, it was like, as much as we say it was a good win for Chelsea, like, Southampton were pretty resolute. And they were looking good for a draw for a long stage of that game until old James Ward-Prowse got a little too excited, went straight through the back of uh, Jorginho. Red card for you? Red card uh, for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, it was. I, like, I, like not, not the worst foul like red card I've ever seen, but yeah, it is a red card, yeah. It, it's, it's a yeah. red card, but at the same time, for if I'm the manager, um, I am not that disappointed in James Ward-Prowse because I think it, what is it, it's one all at that point or they mm, won mm, by? It's one all. They're one, one up, all, yeah. All no, no, it's one. It was one all at that stage because it was still all one all stage. after. Yeah, and I think if he gets in there and gets a toe to that, yeah, you go ahead. And so, he was going for the ball, and he wasn't far off it. Like, I agree. Dude. So I'm I'm happy for him to roll the dice and have a go at that. I think if there's a 25 percent chance you can nick the ball and a 75 percent chance um, you can do it, that game honestly spins on his head at that point. At what yeah. is it, 75, 70, 80 minutes at that point. Um, yeah, I'm happy. I'm I'm okay. I'm not happy about it, obviously, but actually, I'm okay <laughs> that he's. I'm okay. I'm happy that he's made that decision. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's just unlucky, I think, because it's it, a real yeah, captain's red, isn't it? If he gets yeah, a total, trying to do it for your team. I think Armstrong's yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, I just touching on that that idea that Southampton looked like they could have got a draw. I think I mentioned to you guys earlier that I I'd fallen asleep to this game and at the sort of twentieth minute mark. Woke up at the eighty first minute, and it was still one all with the red card, and I. I comfortably fell back asleep thinking Southampton would hold on with the draw because uh, they were looking quite good and uh, woke up the next morning to see it was 3-1. Very disappointed. Um, Barney, if you are a Chelsea fan, are you a little bit worried about Rom and his scoring at the moment? No goals in five, I think it, it is. As a, as a Chelsea fan, I would be worried. And as a fantasy owner of Rom, I'm very worried because he cost me a boat. And the only, the only thing that's making me feel better is that I got out Harry Kane to bring in Rom. And so I haven't been any better off without Kane. Fuck, I did the uh, same thing. I, had, I, had, I started with Kane. He's and vice. And I was oh. like, 
I started with Kane and I was like, oh, no, this guy, he's out of form. Um, whereas Rom, he's, he's scoring and swapped them out and now Rom's buddy doesn't know what day of the week it is. So. He's got to deal yeah. with the Premier League again, yeah. He's he's struggling a bit up front, isn't he? He's just not not uh, not putting away his chances, and um, it's a bit of a bit worrying. I mean, he's like I think um, Antonio Conte came out recently and said that uh, Tuchel doesn't know how to use him, and uh, and doesn't doesn't like know how to utilize him well because like he was fairly isolated at uh, Inter a lot of times, but obviously they got a lot more out of him. A different league, different competition. Yeah, I think he just needs to use him in the Champions League against non English teams. Seems to be the trick. <laughs> A bit more time, he'll come good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Getting yeah. him time. I mean, I, I, I hope so for his sake. I, as much as he, he plays against a rival, you know, especially like a London rival, you don't want to see him succeed. But I do want to see Rom succeed because I think he's genuinely like a, a fairly good bloke. And and uh, and when he's on, he's on, and he's just exciting to watch. And fantasy is more important to you than the uh, Chelsea Tottenham rivalry, isn't that correct? Yeah, fantasy is more important for than uh, than Tottenham at the moment. So that's that's where that's where my uh, that's where I lie. But yeah, that second Chelsea goal, I think, just really showed a lot of the class of that squad as well. Even with like the second string, what you call Chelsea second string players in there, like moving the ball quickly from the wing into the center, and then Barkley just sprays one wide, and first time cross from Azpilicueta straight into Werner, who finally got a goal that wasn't disallowed. <laughs> It wasn't unreal. convincing either, though. The the one thing the commentator said is like, oh, it got um, put across there. It's inside the six-yard box, and he really couldn't miss from there. And I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, I've, yeah, seen well, I've seen him miss from there if a anyone few times since, since he come there. But and Rom was right behind him as well. So um, either I, way, that I was would, going in. I was very surprised that he went straight over and celebrated because if I was him, I would be like, I'm not celebrating this until I get the bar check complete because yeah. knowing him, it was going to be uh, it was going to be offside or something. But like, um, he needs to like work that into his celebration, where he scores a goal and kind of jogs over to the the fourth official's like little screen and sort of stands there like and like crosses his fingers or something. That'd be a good good little mm. nod to his record. You think he'd been burning enough? Yeah. And yeah. then Chile put the sealer on it with the third goal against the 10-man Southampton to really solidify that win, redeemed himself for that penalty miss, and <laughs> as soon as Alonso's fit, he'll be back out of the squad. Yeah, so, you'd say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. Unfortunate, unfortunate for him, but uh, yeah, again, good win for Chelsea. Takes them top of the table now as well with some other weekend results. Mm. Uh, and all right, let's move on to a oh, very happy part of my weekend. Yeah, that take was it away. Tottenham 2 Aston Villa one. Give me a few minutes here, boys. I've got a fair bit to get through. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I watched this game, and it was. I mean, after the first five minutes, we sort of wore a bit of bit of pressure on, and then from then on, we just sort of took hold of the game, and it was a very impressive performance. I thought, comparatively to some of the shit we've seen Tottenham reel out this year, uh, and yeah, it was. It, they made the change, obviously. Uh, uh, the, the Gaff's a big fan of the pod because he took what my advice seriously and went to a four-two-three-one, which was uh, nice call. to see. Smart, good call, Nuno. Um, and that's all. Skip come back in. Delhi was out, um, and Sean, I know you were saying Delhi wasn't good last week, and he's probably rightly so. He's out of the squad. Um, Skip came back in and really offered that sort of defensive solidity in the back line, and just was the one who was always sitting whenever they were going forward, which is exactly what we need. I think it was much more solid. Uh, cohesion in that team um i thought sun was fantastic the whole game he was mm-hmm. unreal mm-hmm. um just looks like such an attacking threat and there wasn't really any player i could i could fault from from spurs i think Aston villa at the same time weren't even that poor i think it was just like spurs were sort of on 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 their stuff and and Aston villa had a you know maybe a couple of errors that that um you know, led to the goals, but nothing, no one was making any big errors in the game, which was, so it was like a fairly high quality game, which was good to see. Um, but yeah, for me, it was just such a better performance from Spurs and like really took me back to the like few years ago, Spurs kind of performance. Yeah. Um, and was really, uh, really happy with the game, how it went. That's Harry uh, Kane almost got um, goal of the season too early on, Barn with that. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, no, kick, quick free kick. Show, yeah. And I uh, had uh, Martinez uh, scrambling. But well, I want to talk about um, Hoiberg's goal, right? So, oh, thank um, you. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, this, I listened to the commentator on this as well, right? And he's like, oh, look at him. He just um, floats in there, um, makes a great run, finds himself in that 10 position just behind uh, Harry Kane, gets on the ball, and then, yeah, a lovely finish. Did you see 
any of that. Like he just he sort of just like meandered forward from the midfield and then literally stood still at the top of the yeah, box for the longest time ever. The <laughs> longest time ever he's like just standing still. There's no one near him. Ball gets played in one touch, pass it, literally pass passes it. it into the corner. Yeah. So I'm not I don't but, know what yeah, he just if again go back and watch that, but he just makes no run at all. No, yeah, I, I actually I, – I, sorry, so just quickly. I actually looked away when I, the goal went in and then I heard him and he's like, oh, he's curled that one in beautifully. And I was like, oh, shit, Hoiberg smashed it in top corner. <laughs> Watch the replay. And he like takes a touch, pauses for a few seconds and passes it into the corner. If he did I'm that like, in the middle of the park and put someone through, you just think, oh, that's a normal body movement. Like it just it didn't look – it wouldn't yeah. look weird at all. Yeah, that's what he. I reckon that's what he was envisioning. Was just he's like, all right, just pretend you just whip it into Harry Kane's feet, just in in the midfield there, and it just rolled it. I like it looked good because the way the three defenders came across to like block where they thought the shot was going, and he just sort of passed it back around behind him, which is good. And yeah, you're right, Sean. He did sort of like it's like because he was standing still, he didn't seem like a threat to the rest of the defenders. So they just sort of the play happened around him, and all of a sudden it was at his feet, and he's like, cool, I'll pass it in, easy. Uh, um. Ho- and Barn, what do you think of um, Ndombele? I think he played for me a little bit higher. So he was playing in when you have running a four four two. I think he was he was in one of those deeper positions in centre midfield, wasn't he? But now he's, he's yeah, playing four, three, like just three. He was like one of the three. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. Four three three, and he's one of the three. And then now he's playing. He played in the ten role right behind um, Harry. So that seemed like it suited him much better, don't you think? Yeah, and see, that's that's I'm I'm happy him playing in that position because he doesn't have to work back. And you could see that um, when we were getting back defensively, it was almost like he was sitting up in the front three with Son and Kane, and Moira was coming back and sitting in with the midfield three, which I'm much more happy about because Moira works his socks off. Yeah, and is probably better defense. Sorry, not probably is definitely better defensively than Endombele, and um, and that works for us. And, uh, and yeah, and so you could see that, you know, NOBLA's lack of work rate and stuff doesn't get exposed as much and you can still get those flashes of brilliance and probably get more of those because he's not as tired. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was thinking the same thing in the game. I'm like, I'm happy him playing higher up like that. Nuno only made two subs um, and one of them was in, in the 89th minute as well. So Yeah, Brian Hill. He didn't really go to his, um, his bench at all. No, he yeah. didn't. He didn't. But I was kind of happy with that. I was like, the boys are playing really good as they are. Like, keep it as it. Yeah, I don't, yeah. And it was still a very close game. It was only two one in the end, um, and we sort of got the goal a bit later on. But how good was Son put almost putting horse on his ass in that second goal when he just like goes one way and then drags it back the other and absolutely does him, and then apparently went down as an own goal for Taggart. That's hard. <clears throat> oh, really? Yeah. Wasn't a um, yeah. wasn't a Moira goal, which I looked at it. And I'm like, couldn't see anything but Moira's foot on it, and they're like, oh yeah, he's got a boot on that. I wasn't so yeah, sure harsh. about it because yeah, I think if the defender's not there, that goes in anyway. The amount it got it on his foot, so exactly. But anyway, good performance from Tottenham um, pushes him up the ladder again, back above Arsenal. So I'm happy uh, into <laughs> eighth, but not above Brentford, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a good response to a really poor cup run of results for us so hopefully we can build on it and uh continue but uh the next one we have here is crystal palace to leicester city to shauna what happened to the boys same as it's been happening all, all season to us so far really like um yeah palace were a much better team for the first half um and probably deserved to be ahead and yeah, Leicester didn't really offer a lot. Um, Kalechi, uh, yeah, picked it off. I think it was uh, Joel Ward. Um, no, it was, it was Anderson. Anderson. It was at fault was, for was both goals. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say at fault for the second one, but the first one definitely. Second Pinched one, it off he him got and done. then very unconvincing finish, but finished it um, nonetheless. So he got those visa issues sorted. <laughs> yeah, well, you can play at home. That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, yeah, Leicester were really um, lucky to, to take the lead, really, but uh, like. Palace were a much better team early on. Um, Leicester officially have their full second strength defense in. Um, so, yeah, essentially missing is uh, Pereira on the right, Johnny Evans and uh, Fafana we would normally have in the middle. Um, and then on the on the left, we'd probably have um, like James Justin or someone like that. But, yeah, essentially we've got all those four are out injured. And um, so, yeah, we've got to deal with uh, Vestergaard, Sionchu, um, Bertrand and Castagna um, at the back there. <laughs> so it, it was a little bit of a mismatched team. Hamza Chowdhury made his first appearance in seven months. 
Um, so so that was good to, to get some game time in. He ran our legs at 60 minutes and come off. Um, <laughs> so just, yeah, Brendy went to a 4-4-2. Just very unconvincing from Leicester. As I said, they went in at halftime 2-0 up. Didn't deserve to be 2-0 up. And then, yeah, I think the game sort of come to reality really um, and, and Palace got their, their goals back. Leicester's uh, ex-player and Premier League winner with Leicester, Jeffrey Shrup, getting the, mm. the equaliser in the 72nd um, minute and it wouldn't have been unfair if Palace had gone on to win it. Did you, did you yeah. sorry, just quickly on Shlup, did you enjoy that he celebrated Shawnee? Yeah, I think so. Like, it, wasn't, it. Wasn't, it wasn't over the top. But he just celebrated, and it was not. It was nice. I thought. It, I thought it was like this is what players should be like against their old clubs because he won the league with, and he was a part of that t- that Leicester squad. Like he had a role. He wasn't the starting eleven, but he had a role in that squad. Yeah, he used to come Good on, fantasy. come on all the time. He, he was yeah. um, playing for Leicester in the championship, and he won a title, um, won that title there as well. So yeah, he's got some, won some trophies, and got some history at Leicester. But in the end of the day, we binned him off, so he's got every right to um, yeah, go and celebrate. 100%. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think. think- exactly. Sorry, just quickly on on Palace. Like I know I talk about a lot about Leicester, but yeah, I thought uh, I thought Palace looked good actually. Um, Patrick Vieira is uh, has essentially um, done much better than I ever thought he would. So he's got yeah, his team. Jabba did not rate him at all. Not no, nah, not at all. But he seems to have done rather well, and he had the most work to do as well. Like you look at the age of that squad um, back at the end of last season, and all of the changes that that he's made. Um, yeah, he's essentially just got a whole new team in there, and they seem to be going okay. Um, and and yeah, seem to be uh, winning games and picking up points. Yeah, they're definitely um, competitive now. Like we, even the first couple of games, we were, we were ripping on them, sort of saying they were playing how we thought they were going to play, and you know they were going to be rubbish. And then they sort of got a draw. Then they've got a, got a couple of wins, and now like this game, they looked especially like you said at the start, that first probably half maybe, like that when Leicester were up two nil, it didn't. It felt very against the run of play. He sort of felt like the score should have been the other way around. End result, I think, is fair enough. Um, but yeah, so just just the fact that they were able to, and looking at the ladder, they're, they're essentially the same, the 13th and 14th. Like they're uh, probably maybe exceeding what, what probably what we expected and, and what um what a lot of people probably expected of them this early in the season, would you say? Yeah, I'd, I'd say they're exceeding most people's expectations for sure. And I think you say you see now with Crystal Palace and and Wolves is those uh, sort of teams that have been in the Premier League for a while, now got new managers in, their system's finally starting to click with the players and they're understanding what they need and and it's producing results on the field. Um, yeah, exactly what you guys already mentioned. Like Palace were terrible the first few weeks and they clicked and now they've actually like a real threat against a lot of teams. And um, yeah, like you, like not only they come back and come back from behind, which you know last year when they were under Hodgson, I could not see them coming back against a team like Leicester from two 0 down, even if they were dominating the ball. Um, but now they've got that in them, that grit, and then they're also clicking as a team better and playing really well together as a very young squad. I think it's it's great to see. Yeah, as a Palace fan, you it's they've finally got some sort of positive attacking football into the into this into the um, team which would be great for those fans who sort of endured over a lot of years of just surviving in the Premier League is all they've got to look forward to. So, yeah, it's, I think it's a good result for Crystal Palace and they're in, heading in the right direction, that's for sure. Um, but that second goal for Crystal Crystal Palace reminded me of a, uh, a player with, that I used to play with who would always scream, get your welly on it. And by that, he just meant <laughs> somebody kicked the fucking thing out of there. That's what, All it needed was someone just to put their boot through it and clear yeah. it out and no one could get onto it and it just bubbled, 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 then Schlupp comes in and gets the header at the end. It was I think, just- it, yeah, if, a, if a, a ball's in that sort of penalty, within the penalty six-yard box area for more than three seconds and it's not in the net or out, then one someone's fucked up. It's now a chaos ball. Yeah. That, so that goal went in and it was considered like that, like – bobbly around and not well defended or no one took ownership at that point. But that had happened like two other times before we even conceded that second goal. Like I, I feel felt that goal coming, I think. Yeah. 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 All righty. So good result for Palace. Leicester continue their sort of mixed bag of results this season, unfortunately for them. Uh, we get on to the last game of the round, which was definitely the best game of the round. That was Liverpool 2, Man City 2. Uh, Man City, I think rightly you'd say were the better team in the first half, but my God, this yeah. game delivered in the second half. Josh, do you think the same way? 
yeah, Liverpool, like, yeah, the first like 15, 20 minutes was like cagey from both teams. And then Man City sort of started to find the rhythm combined with the fact that Liverpool just looked off. Like Liverpool still looked cagey and like cautious in the way they were playing. They weren't taking risks and they really not offering anything going forward, weren't looking after the ball, coming out of the back, turning it over easily. And the last 15 minutes of the first half, I was very nervous the way that Liverpool were playing. I, I thought we were going to concede. And I thought like if, if it doesn't turn around in the second half, we're going to lose this quite convincingly. Um, came out pretty hot out of the gates. Um, like, in the, like a different team, I thought, when I was yeah, watching. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is Back like, to normal. Yeah, yeah, this is this is Liverpool that we were promised. Sort of yeah, thing. so so it was good. Couple of a, like attempts, um, and then obviously opened the scoring too, which well, wouldn't have said it's against the run of play in, in that moment or the second half. But the overall game, you you wouldn't have expected maybe Liverpool to score first. So that was nice. What a goal as well! That was such a nice goal. I thought so clean. Yeah, just like oh. a nice little little dink from Salah, and um, good to see him and Mane combining again. Um, just real. Like, yeah, fast and clinical. Like I, I yeah. love watching them two link up when they're on because it is exactly that. It's fast and it's clinical. And that's yeah. exactly what that goal was. As long as yeah, they get so on, that, that, they, they are um, almost yeah. unplayable, those two, aren't they? I feel like they're like brothers, though, that like fight a lot, but then they still love each <laughs> yeah, other at the end of the now. day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Know. I, hope, I hope it's like that. Because papers, the papers see them argue on the field and they're like, oh, they're, one's getting transferred, they're, they're done. Yeah. And then they're like, next week, they're fine. It's like, it's like brothers to me. No, yeah. it's so dumb. Um, but then obviously Foden's finish was was a wow. nice finish, and that wow. the, that whole first half and and obviously most of the game they were clearly their their tactic was quite obvious to target James Milner and down that right hand side, mm. uh, particularly with Phil Foden, and it, it paid off for them um, with that goal. But what do you think about that, Halsey? So I I knew the commentators before I heard them say that before the game, and even during the game they were saying that. But like I feel as though it wouldn't have really mattered. At least defensively, even if Trent was there, because no, yeah, they, I they thought got, that too. You, they were like, arguably, Trent's a worse defender than um, Milner is. Milner's like mm. would be more conservative as a right back than Trent would be. So I think if they were going to target a side, I feel like they would have targeted Trent's side anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think I don't think it necessarily was to do with James rather than just not Andy Robertson, I guess. Um, so yeah, so I think I mean the Trent only the on, only thing the only thing is the only thing he's got is at. Alexander Arnold, that is, is a bit more pace. pace so he yeah. might be able to make some better recovery runs. But you, I know what you mean. You, you, if you're going to target one wing, you're going to target Alexander Arnold's wing. Well, even when, two. slightly not to get too far ahead, when Joe Gomez came in for Milner later on in the game, they still seemed to favor that that side as well. So it seemed to just be they knew that Andy Robertson's side with Van Dyke on that left center back position potentially was the more difficult route. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I feel as though Man City go down that side anyway. Like normally, probably Jack plays on that side, and he's obviously a right footer. Plays on the left, um, and then they spray balls out to him, and then he goes one on one with the defender. So yeah, I'm not sure whether they targeted it or that's just how City play. I'd be interested to see how out. many attacks they actually have down that left side as opposed to the right hand yeah. side. It was yeah, like, I think the stats were yeah. quite heavily favoured, but yeah, not, not to say that that was specific. Specific. I always had a seizure uh, to this uh, to this game. Well, that's just their <laughs> style. Um, so yeah, yeah. Foden's goal, not bad. Um, and then let's. Do you guys, you guys are familiar with the the second goal for Salah. You, you guys saw that probably every angle. I imagine. Oh, I love was... Klopp's comments on that. I didn't. I don't think I heard those. Oh, Klopp's comments were: if um, Ronaldo or Messi had scored that, we'd be saying how great and how world class Ronaldo and Messi are. But then Mo scores it, and then no one really talks about it. And I'm like, I think oh, people were. So, yeah, I'm not sure, <sighs> sure. But I think he's just trying to say, look, Messi and Ronaldo are unbelievable, but so is Mo. Like he wants Classic him bloody to Liverpool supporter. I always yeah. find something to complain about. <laughs> I can't know. Yeah, I, right. I, 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 they're the with, worst. With Salah, I'd probably really highlight it in this game, but he's, this season he's been unreal. But he's another one of those attackers who's getting better with age, I reckon. And like he's thirty now, I think, right, mm. Josh? So a player, oh, like, don't quote me on that, but yeah, about that. Player relies a lot on his speed, but his decision making and his just like final ball seem to be getting better this year for me. And it's something that like mm. was sort of lacking, I think, in his game a little. Like I know Josh, you've talked about a few times about his. He would waste a lot of chances um, in games, where I think now he's not doing that anywhere near as much, and he's a bit more clinical, which is crazy to think that he could be any more clinical but but um yeah i think it's good for him and good for liverpool 
Yeah, so for those who, of you who haven't seen it, I'll, I'll walk you through it. Uh, he gets played into his feet. With his, <laughs> he's, he's surrounded by three players. Does a little little turn as Bernardo Silva comes flying in with, I guess it's an attempted tackle, just kind of misses by about five metres, uh, falls on the ground, and then Salah sort of drifts into the box and he, he kind of takes it on, opens up onto his left foot like he's going to whip it far post. Um, and is it Diaz? Was it Di- No, it's Laporte. Laporte obviously goes to block that shot, rolls it back inside onto his right foot um, down the line and um, just sli- kind of slice stabs at it a bit. Uh, not a convincing finish from me, but it, it got into the corner. It got into the net, so happy with that. Um, yeah, it went past, I think, yeah, four or five defenders there. So it was a nice little run. Um, and I was, like, quite relieved at this stage. I'm like, thank God, 2-1, we, we can hold on here. And then it wasn't much longer after that than uh, uh, United, uh, sorry, City had equalized with – I know we talked about this this sort of topic. It's a bit of a Harvey Barnes incident again, a uh, bit of a Jesse Lingard incident with the offside and is it is it not offside with – I don't know if you guys caught Raheem Sterling curled up in a ball yeah, in front thought, of Allison again. I thought we might discuss this and I thought mm. Raheem's so far away from – I'm like, that's not that's not nowhere near offside, that one for me. Well, yeah, so I, I also don't if the ball it's... If the ball was low – then I 100% would, would – but the ball was like high up into the corner or towards the corner. So, I was for me – Oh, it was – if you watch the behind angle, Allison has it covered. He dives across. He's there. And it's a, he's about diving at about probably stomach height above above uh, Sterling, to be fair. Like, it's not on the ground or anything. But then it takes a big deflection off Matip and goes into the middle of the goal. Um, mm. But, but, Matip, yeah. but Matip jumps at it and it hits him in the shoulder or just below the shoulder. Hits him like in the arm so and like, stomach, yeah. That gives you a sort of an indication on how high it was. And Sterling was on his knees on the ground. So, yeah, for me, I was like, I was not not worried about Sterling being called offside there. And nah. I guess in the end, it probably ended up being a fairly fair result. You know, nah, City yeah. for a City like coming to Anfield, like that's a, that's a you know, they played very well because everyone knows how hard it is to play at Anfield and how like intimidating it is. Yeah, 100%. No, I don't think it's an unfair result. If you had said to me at the start of the season, um, we can give you a guaranteed draw against Chelsea and City both times you play them, I would have, I'd take it in a heartbeat. Mm. Um, yeah, you're happy to take points against those three teams. And just finally, Chelsea, Liverpool and City have all played each other now and they're still top three in the league. So that's <laughs> yeah. good, good signs good for all those teams. So, um, there was what, one other... Oh, you go. Oh, I think we're about to talk about the same thing. The yep, red card. The, oh, sorry. I shouldn't say red card. Hey, but, hey, pot, what red card? Pot, pot, potentially what should have been a red card for yeah. James Milner, which got Pep in in a real strop. And he was mm. – I, I think that's one of the biggest manager hissy fits I've seen in, in recent times. That was yeah. that was all that was an all-time one, that one. And, like, uh, I agree with him. It, like, it probably should have, it should have been a second yellow, but it, his, his reaction seemed way out of proportion. I understand that reaction like at the time mm. and being like and being he's quite an animated person and he obviously he invests a lot of his emotions into the into into football and <laughs> he's a pretty you know, animated guy but like and if you at the time yet yeah, react like that whatever that's fair it probably should have been a red but he went on for like 10 to 15 minutes just mm. constantly he didn't stop and Mike Dean was just standing there chewing gum just looking at him just didn't react <laughs> at all just but, sort of waiting for him to finish yeah i so i i think it was a yellow and i'm sure anyone can disagree with that really yeah um so i think everyone agrees with that it was a yellow and i understand where um where peps come from really because he thinks that if that's given this game sort of flips on its head Man City can eventually um, press forward and potentially go and win this game, and then you know how tight this this is going to be this season. So that those extra two points could be huge. Um, but compounding that, it's against Liverpool. Like I think if if th- that had happened in another game that they went on to draw, he wouldn't have carried on for so long. But because this is against Liverpool, yeah. not only can he pick up three points himself, he can stop them from um, you know um, having that Getting unbeaten um, run. So, yeah, no, yeah, I get, yeah, it. I get it. I think so, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, maybe he carried on a bit too long after the game and stuff in the press conference and all that. But yeah, I, I don't disagree that um, on face value that it probably should have been a second yellow card offence. And then James Milner was lucky to get subbed off immediately after. It, but it, it's tight at the top there now. You've got yeah. like um, Chelsea on sixteen, Liverpool on fifteen, Man City and Man United and Everton. Oh, I'm going to chuck Brighton in there as well. All the way actually. back to Brighton. Fourteen. Great, great for so, great for the league though. So it's oh, tight. Yeah. But I, at the start of the year, I thought that um, like 
you'd have to – I think I've said this previously. I thought you'd need sort of 95 points to win this league, but I'm not sure you're going to need that many points this year. Nah. Not with nah. the rate that they're taking off points each off each other. other. Yeah, like, and yeah. other teams are dropping Well, points, like yeah. I said, they've played all each other now, so they had pretty hot and heavy. Like, I don't think – Tough runs, not, yeah. Man, Man United haven't played. I was going to say any they played teams, each other, they? and United haven't played any of them yet. Yeah, so Everton's Man, the hardest team they've played. Man, you have a tough run coming up. I think they've got Leicester in there. I think they've got Spurs in there. I think they've got Man City in there. Got as Liverpool well. this week, next week. Yeah. I think. So young, young boys in the Champions League. So very tough. tough love run young for boys. Them. <laughs> yep, that's the uh, that's the one joke for the game. Alrighty, uh, that is it for the results. But uh, Josh, I believe you've got a bit of a fantasy update for us. Some close games. Yeah, um, I didn't know whether I wanted to talk on games that were close or just rip on people who got horrifically low scores. But um, yeah, there's a couple uh, name, of close name and, name and shame. Yeah, name right, and shame. we'll touch on a couple of close ones here. Just glancing at the scores here, we got uh, Sean. Actually, you got up over Brad Goddard by three points. That was a spicy one. Uh, we've got when Harry met Ali, that's Jobber's team, he just got up over Kung Fu Cantona by two points. So it seems like the people in the pot are just scraping by. Um, that'd be the closest games we've had. But then just to point out a couple of really low scorers, um, actually, before we do, another close game and a big upset, uh, Jobber the Hutt, our former uh, league leader, has lost to Inter Mivan, uh, who wasn't last but in the bottom three for a number of weeks now. Clever so. Name. Huge upset there. Has um, that pushed him out of the relegation zone? Yeah, so I'll just switch over to the standings now. That's dropped uh, Job of the Hut down to second. So we've got Arsenal Fantastic leading Job of the Hut in second, um, Barcelona <laughs> in third, and Moore's men round out the top four. And if I scroll down and check out how we're looking at the relegation zone, uh, actually, yeah, Inter Mivan has popped up to uh, 27th out of the relegation zone, well which done. means that we now have Pontiac Bandit. Soy Milk FC and Durry Hills FC sitting in the relegation zone. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's just glancing at the points tallies here, the bottom half of the table, so basically everyone that's scoring less than that league average, uh, it's pretty close. It's anyone's game down there. A bit of a lead stretching at the top of the league, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're only seven games in, so. Luckily, 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 in the uh, Super League, you can't get relegated. So yeah, maybe we need to make one of those. Benefit yeah, well, that's pretty much what we are, isn't it? And there's, there's a, there's a shirt, shirt on the line for this too. So um, yeah, yes. better keep up to date with your or teams. Um, all right, that is the pod. To get in touch with us, you need to email footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com. Facebook is football played on paper. Insta is at football played on paper. Twitter at football on pods and we also have a link tree in the bio so yeah jump on that and there's some good stuff in there or all of those details i just read out all right thanks boys enjoy the football for the rest of the week some man city fan apparently slugged him oh i like jeremy shit you're old it was a direct attack at you like you look every bit 30 huh he'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout watch watch rumbles on pina colada large one (laughs) 